Welcome back to King's Chat. What's up? Today we got a special episode. You know, we're back in the house. We're going to talk about something good today. But I'm yeah, Josh. Yeah. LT, what's going on? J-Mac. And this is King's, King's Chat. Chat. Conversation for kings. So, Jared, you had a special topic. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I want to tell a little bit of a story, kind of get you guys' thoughts on that. But before we get started, we want to thank our sponsors and also tell everybody where they can find us at. For everybody who are listening out there, we greatly appreciate your support. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening in to us. You can find us on Spotify, on Beaker, and on Anchor, and on Google Podcast. Um, comment um, uh, on the podcast. Tell us some topics that you guys want to talk about, because we want to make sure that we bring it up in our session as well. Uh, we also want to thank our, our sponsor, um, uh, Urban Oaks. Um, Ooh, the, uh, that's some the, good wood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the premium uh, name in uh, uh, local furniture manufacturing in the tri-state area. We definitely want to thank uh, Urban Oaks. LT Key, tell them how to contact Urban Oaks today. Yeah, you can call Urban Oaks. Speak this morning. <laughs> you can contact Urban Oaks at urbanoaks812 at gmail.com or give us a ring at 812-550-7656. Thank you, Urban Oaks. That's a good stuff. Yeah. So I, I, want, I want to start off today by telling y'all a little bit of story, kind of get y'all uh, ideas on this. Um, you know, obviously we're all fathers, we're all mm-hmm. minority fathers, um, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, um, my, my son uh, goes to a, uh, a daycare. He's only he's only he's just now two. But he goes to a daycare slash preschool um, uh, that, that that's predominantly white. Um, uh, you know, it, it's 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 a level five tier um, uh, daycare. They've got you know the best of the best, everything. And you know, we we want to make sure we gave them the best education. But you know, they they have these really strict COVID procedures, and sometimes they shut down. So we have to send him to a different daycare to supplement. Mm. And um, we went to a different daycare that was owned by um, a minority female, a black woman. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it just seems night and day how much more my son interacts and is comfortable with the uh, minority female than he is his teachers at the predominantly white school. And I started talking to my wife about that. I'm like, hey, you know, what, what do you think about that? You know, what do you think about our son, you know, learning from someone who looks like him. Um, and I was surprised because it kind of brought up a little bit of contention between <laughs> my wife and I of, you know, hey, is it okay for us to want to have representation in our education of people who look like the children that they're teaching? Right. Um, should that even matter? You know, you know my, my wife kind of took the standpoint of, oh, well, you know, we, we don't want our son to be racist. I'm like, he ain't racist. <laughs> He's two years old. <laughs> but at the same time, though, I think there is something to be said about um, children learning from people who are from their own community. Um, and I Absolutely. think a lot of times when we look at, you know, predominantly minority schools, we oftentimes have a negative connotation that they're lower performing or they're less funded or that they have less um, uh, intense curricula or something like that, right? And I'm thinking to myself, you know, why is that, right? I mean, sh- it, and also, should we accept that? I mean, all of us around this room can kind of talk about how many black male teachers we had in our lives. Right. I can probably count that on one hand. Mm. Right, me too. Um, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things of you know. Well, you know, I, I'd say that that's a Midwest thing too. Like you know, here in the Midwest, when you think about the number of African Americans that you know live in the area, so like I'm sure that if you go further south, that the experience is different. Where someone may be able to say, you know what, I never had a white teacher. Yeah. Yeah, certain pockets of the South, yeah. But, you know, here, that's that's an issue. Mm-hmm. I, I still think that 
the majority of the nation, though, doesn't have as many black male teachers. Oh, oh I'm yeah, sure they yeah, out, yeah. out of all the other demographics. Yeah. I, well, I, I, you I know, think, there are certain things that happen to black males. True. <laughs> I, I also think, though, teaching in general, no matter what color you are, I, I think they need to get paid more, right? You know, the, yeah, the, yeah. I, I, and I'm not saying the teachers out there are not quality, but I, I mean, after. What they have to deal with, whether they be at one of the best schools in America or not, they're still dealing with kids, which is stressful. Right. You know, we need to compensate these people more. Right. But, you know, I can tell you, looking at, you know, that experience that you're talking about, Jared, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And the reason I don't think anything is wrong with that, I think we like to label things, you know, to the extreme and, you know, not only have black people, you know, have done this to white people, but, you know, it's really starting to be done to black people as well, is that whole mantle about, you know, when you want to feel like included with people that look like you, you're racist. And, you know, I, I imagine, you know, um, you know, the discrepancy between, you know, uh, diversity inside of companies, right? That's really big right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it's it's hard for me to imagine that, you know, the hiring managers, and, and I don't want to imagine that, you know, the white male hiring manager is sitting there saying to himself, I don't want to hire any people of color, women or whatever, you know? I, I, I would like to think it's more of a scenario of that, you know, when you see somebody in which they remind you of them at any stage of life, you're going to be, okay, I, I, I know that. I know that guy, right? Yeah, I know his work bias, ethic. You know, bias, it, yeah. So, it, you know, and I know it's unconscious bias, but I, I don't think unconscious bias is a racist thing, right? I, I think in, when you have that type of bias, all you're really doing is just seeing somebody that was in your shoes and you knew how hard it was to get to where you get to. So you're saying, okay, I know that. It Let looks familiar. It looks familiar, right? Yeah. Here's the only issue with that. We don't do that for ourselves, right? Correct. And, and, and I think that's kind of where you're headed is, is that, you know, we, we when we look at ourselves, we try to run away, you know, mm-hmm. instead of, you know, you, you seeing that young person that you're sitting across the table from or, or you know, you go to that school, and you know, you see and everybody's like, oh, that you don't, you don't want to send your kids there. Right. You know, the, the black yeah. school. Right. Or, you know, when, when I tell people. Because my kids go to a predominantly uh, uh, black school or an Hispanic school and whatnot uh, here locally. And when I tell people, you know, how far I drive to take my kids there, they're like, you do? Because I, I live in the school district that has the best uh, elementary school, um, they say, in the city, right? So everybody's like, why don't you just send your kids there? And for me, at, at this age, it, it's more important for them to experience something that is comfortable for them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. than you know, whatever they teach from K to fifth grade. Cause I, I mean, and I'm not negating, you know, the, the curriculum of, of K to fifth grade, but I, I me, the importance of, of, of having some kids around them that just make them feel comfortable because that's who they see. Yeah. That's a good point. And Lawrence, I, I guess I want to ask you this question too. So, uh, uh, not to put your business out there, but, mm-hmm. but you kind of seen it from both perspectives. You, you, you sent your kids to the top brass, you know, white schools but then you've also sent them to the main mainly minority schools i mean do you see a difference in 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 curriculum or quality or any well of that stuff? i i you know um i do see a difference in curriculum you know because i don't really think it was because of a, a quote-unquote you know predominantly white school that i sent my kids to i think it was because it was a montessori school and montessori has a different style of curriculum than you know what they teach inside of the public school which i really enjoy And if I had it uh, my way, they still would be going to Montessori, but Montessori here only goes up to third grade. Um, And and even Montessori, the the cool thing about Montessori that I really enjoyed was that, yes, it still was predominantly white, but 
um, the diversity uh, just didn't end with my two sons being there. I mean, I, there were people from um, all over the world. Um, there were people from many different uh, religions. I, I mean, there there was a Sikh individual, and the Sikh population in our area is not that big. Yeah. yeah. And and you know, my kids would come back, you know, after holiday break, and, and they would tell me, you know, my friend said they went to the Taj Mahal. <laughs> hey, first of all, I thought I was losing as a father, right? I'm like, whoa, you see, y'all going they to Taj, the Taj Mahal for two weeks? You know, yeah. like, that's a lifetime trip. You know what I mean? I'm thinking, like, who are you? right? You know, because we weren't doing that. You know? Yeah, but you know, it, just to have people to be around to have those different experiences was huge because. You know, one thing as all Americans, sometimes I think we need to step back and realize is the 350 million of us, you know, are are a very small blip in the 7.5 billion of us on this planet. Yeah, it doesn't mean that, you know, we don't have any significance, but we also have to realize there's there's other areas of significance and and people of different cultures bring something. Yeah. And and we're not the only ones who know anything. Right. So I I, I think, you know, having some exposure to some different cultures and things like that and, and, and Montessori and just the style of learning was huge. But. I tell you what, my kids, my wife and I talk about this all the time. My sons, when they get out of school, they have the biggest smiles on their faces compared to coming out of Montessori. Yeah, they and they, you know they're talking to people. My son is flourishing. My, it's I I don't know how to explain it, but it, it's definitely made a change in their lives. Yeah, so and I guess that's the thing too that you know I, in this whole conversation I don't want to miss is is that culture aspect, right? I think we all bring into um, our our lives the background of our culture. Yeah. I think a lot of times when you have somebody who can identify with that culture, I think that's the, what the value of diversity is. In that, it helps the kids when it comes to their learning, right? So, I mean, mm-hmm. Josh, you were talking about you know um, my sons, yeah, your sons, and, and and the relationship that they had with a, a a black male teacher that was able to kind of relate to them. More so. Yeah, so my sons are 14 and 16 now. When they were in middle school, you know, they had a lot of different uh, challenges uh, as it relates to uh, behavior. And so, you know, oftentimes they said that black boys have attention issues and that mm-hmm. sort of thing yep. rather than they're just young and they're, um, you know, they're young and they're not interested in what's going on because, yeah. you know, typical teen behavior. And their style of acting out is different. Yeah, and it's, it's different because culturally, yeah, you know, it's, yeah. it's different. And so, you know, they had some issues in middle school. You know, we there was a, a white male principal, and uh, I would have to go in and talk to this guy all the time. And I'm like, this is typical teenage behavior. And I'm like, but we're having to have a conversation about this. And, uh, you know, prank type of stuff, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. You know, a lot of male bravado. <laughs> posturing that's what teenage males do hmm. and so uh peacocking right yeah. <laughs> trying to look good in front of the girls <laughs> and so uh when uh the principal changed and it became a black male principal you know uh i could tell the difference in my boy's behavior and and uh you know how they liked going to school they're like oh you know mr so-and-so is cool you know i know i can talk to him and you know he'd call me and say you know mr calhoun you know i'm calling to uh, just tell you, you know, I had to talk to your your son uh, Jackson, or I had to talk to Jordan, you know, because you know I saw they were starting to do A B C, but you know I called it. I'm like, cool. Mm. I'm like, cool. Thanks for the call. I was like, man, you know, anything that I can do, you know, or say to him when they get home to help, you know, I will. 
And so their behavior drastically improved just because they had somebody to talk to. Like I'm talking about a high five going into school or him saying, hey, what's up, Jordan? What's up, Jackson? We're going to have a good day today. Yes, sir. And so just those small things of seeing somebody who looks like you, who talks like you, you know, who can actually relate on that cultural level. Just using certain key words makes a difference. Yeah. And and I think, you know, the bigger problem in in what we're talking about of, you know, having that self-connecting when you see somebody or when you're learning from somebody or when you want to, when you're in training with somebody or whatever, what have you, is, is that I don't really think white people know what it feels like to walk into a room and be the only one. No, right? no, it, it's not I, something that and, they're and, used to. Yeah, and be consistent, right? And, and to have to actively change the dynamic of how you were raised in order to be accepted. Exactly. So I, I, I don't, I, I think that people really shift. don't know, you know, the, the stress that that puts on you in which the dominant culture is that culture and i'm it is what it is right i'm not i'm not knocking it it is what it is but when you walk into that room i can't come into that room in the same way i can come into my room of a thanksgiving get together of all my people right right and then (laughs) and and another thing that that you know uh white people don't get to experience either is that when you walk in a room and you're like one of the few black people like that silent connection that you make when you see that other person yeah. of color the and it's like you you acknowledge each other like i see you yeah. that sort of thing like that that's like magic and it's also comforting yeah. it's like mm-hmm. there's somebody else here who is doing the uh mental acrobatics that i'm doing mm-hmm. to you know to operate in this space and to try to be accepted and successful I think that goes back into being your authentic self, too. I mean, like, we, we talk about that in the workplace, but we also have to talk about that with kids in school, being True. their authentic selves and they not say like it, they though. have to do that. You know what I'm saying? People say that, but you you can't. No, like, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, can't. look, in my office, right? In my office, there's me, uh, there is a black woman, and there's another black guy. And, you know, I've had to explain things in my office because, you know, uh, we don't work the same way. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, the black guy that works in my office, he comes in listening to ESPN, or he might come in singing, listen to some gospel music or something. And in his office, he'll listen to music and sing and that sort of thing. And so, with the black lady, she may li- listen to music and sing, and and she's working. And you know, a couple of the uh, white employees are like, they can't possibly get be getting work done. <laughs> and I'm like. <laughs> I can't explain it. We throw sauce even on work. I can't explain it, but they are. See, but see, but that that, that bothers but, me too. Though. But culturally, like right when yeah. you talk about black households, like it's you, it's usually loud. It it's, music is usually playing. Something's yeah. going on yeah. where when your mama cleaned on Saturday. She was bumping all music. music. <laughs> that's what happened. Yeah, that's what happened. That's yeah. what's like when you work, you listen to music yeah, in yeah. some cases and stuff. Yeah. And so, like when when we see that as black people. You know, we culturally know what it is and we know that people can work through that yeah. because that's what we've done. Yeah. And so to say that we can go to work and be our authentically ourselves, everybody's situation is not like my office. No, I, I agree with that, Josh. But I'm but like, OK, we're going to keep pushing this because there's something for you guys to learn, too. Yeah. yeah so say, when, when does it come to the point where we finally say, OK, hey, you, the other side needs to start coming to the table, too. Right. I, I, I think there's so many when times we own something. 
no, I, okay. I, I, I there agree. we go. I, I, I agree with that, Lawrence. You're right, and we all working towards that. But in the meantime, I guess what I'm there saying ain't is no meantime. It's when we own something. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying. In the meantime, though, I, I, I think that we should encourage ourselves and also our kids to say. Hey, be the best version of you that you can be, right? But 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 don't curtail to someone else's situation. If you work best with music and that's how you're most productive, do that. I, I, I guess that's what I'm saying. Like, if I'm less productive, if I if, I, if I'm learning less, if I if I'm less attentive, trying to conform to someone else's idea of what I should be and not my authentic self, then is it not my responsibility to say to push back and say, nah? This is what it is. But that's why they say, oh, you know, the black school, they're not as good as this school over here because they don't do things the way we do. That's why that's why those comments are made. That's why that narrative happens. You, you know, OK, OK. So because hold, hold on, hold on, Jared, though, though, but go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I, you know, to your point, you know, that that's why I send my kids there, because I, I feel it's so important for them to have the opportunity, especially at this stage. To be their most authentic self, right? To feel comfortable around the people that they, you know, are, are going to school with and whatnot and help that. So when they get to a point in which they may have to, you know, do some things in which, you know, I, they got to go to work or they got to perform in a manner in order mm-hmm. to get things done, they still are comfortable with it. And even to that point, maybe they don't even get to that point because they're so comfortable with themselves that they never they start on their own, right? And and, yeah. and 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 it's nothing wrong with you know working in a corporation as I do. There's nothing wrong with working for you know an individual who is not your color and, and all those things. But I, I, I was listening to a, a gentleman. Oh, There's got to be a uh, level of understanding. It, it does. And I, I was listening to somebody. I can't think of who it was, but he was saying you know uh, the big reason why you know the black community is not respected so much is because we don't own anything. And I was, this was a black individual saying this and, and he was saying, we don't own anything. And how can you respect somebody who doesn't own anything? All right. So check this out, Lawrence. And I don't mean to combat your point. It seems like we, you and, all, you and I always do this, but, 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 but here's the thing too. One of the other reasons why we can't own anything is because we don't support ourselves and exactly. our own. Exactly. If, 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 if the black, true. if the black community in America, you know, we produce $1.3 trillion of GDP yeah. for this country. And you know where it does, doesn't stay in our community it goes out to 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 the the asian community it goes out to the white community we spend more money on jordans and and hair supply products than we do supporting our own entrepreneurs and companies and businesses one of the main reasons why companies can't perform that are black owned is because every single time that we pay to the black community the black community itself says oh we look at them as less quality or or something like that like let let me tell this story real quick Let let me tell this story real quick josh real quick there was a time where when I first got into banking, um, and uh, y'all, y'all know him, but I, but I don't want to mention his name. Um, he's a black title agent, one of the one of the only black title agents here in the city. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were doing business together, and he was like, "Hey, Jared, I appreciate us doing business together. We don't support one another, but we got to watch out because a lot of times when when white people see two black people doing business together, they think we run a game." Yeah, and I'm like, why is it that whenever we partner up, whenever whenever we try to help one another out, support one another, we're afraid about what other people think about it because. Other people have power because they own businesses. They own things. But I, I, I they think can, they can shut you out of things. But also to Jared's point, and which Jared, I don't think you're being competitive. I agree with you, right? We don't support each other, and that's the reason why I decided to send my kids to product because I want to support it, right? And, and and we don't support each other in business. And 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 like you said, you know, why would somebody have that narrative that you know necessarily? 
whenever we are seen together, we run in game. I think that's more per- perception than reality. Yeah. I, I think that's more of a perceived danger that's been put into our head to keep us in this position. I yeah. think in reality, but it's not just our heads; it's white people's heads. No, no, know? no. And it's a it's a whole United States thing. But but it's been depicted, and that that depiction now is coming down to us. I, what, what Lawrence is saying, even is, in other cultures around the world, like they, you know, we've been depicted to behave a certain way. Like you can go to China and you know, they know about like the hip hop culture and some of the stereotypes and, and you know, it's, it's gotten to their cultures. And so like, it's a, it's happened over time. Like there are studies that have been done. Like if you show kids, baby dolls, a black doll, white doll, and you ask them questions like, no, you, which you, one's the good one? Which one's the bad yeah, one? That's like, true. That stuff. It's a, it's subliminally taught. Yeah, I mean that, that stuff started with D.W. Griffin, Birth of a Nation, right? I mean, with, yeah. with, with those depictions that they put of us. But but what Lawrence is saying, and I agree with. How many people can say, "Oh man, I got a game ran on me by this black-owned business"? Yeah, it's, it's kind of like like the majority of black-owned businesses probably do better work, right? But but the problem is is that it's perceived as being less quality, and that also apropos to the schools, right? Yeah, predominantly black schools are perceived as being less quality, and a lot of that stuff comes from segregation it does remember during segregation prior to 1965 we had to support ourselves we had to support black owned businesses we had to support black owned hotels and black doctors we didn't have any other choice but as soon as as soon as desegregation happened and all the people started flooding to the white businesses then all of a sudden it was like oh i'm no longer gonna support this guy in my community i'm gonna support this guy over here who i don't know i don't know his family and he has no affinity towards me nor my culture but i'm gonna support him but but that's the narrative that has been taught and it's you know it's been perpetuated over years. Mm. Like we can we can all name some really great black brands of things. Yeah. But do we like solely stick with those brands? You know, to, because good point. Because if we do, then it said that we're being racist. Yeah, that's true. Because oh, yeah. they're like, oh, you know, they're only going to buy buy black products, and it's really to help black businesses to catch up. It's really to help black yeah. businesses to succeed and to be around that we're frequenting those businesses, not because we don't want a white product, but it's, but it's also to build power, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm not like, I, I don't want to, you know, I, I want to be real with it. It's also to build power. Like I, everybody wants to compete, right? And mm-hmm. you know, there's cultural groups, there's societal groups, you know, and, and, and as a, as a cultural group, we need to build some power, right? And, and that, every group does it. And, and every group does it. And that doesn't I, that doesn't mean I, I don't want white people to have power. That doesn't mean I want to have Asian people to have power. That doesn't mean I want nobody. And that doesn't mean I want their power to be relinquished. I yeah. just want our group to have some power. It should be fair competition. You yeah, because historically we have not been allowed access to that, right? Yeah. So that's why it's so much important for us to then focus on it, right? I mean, because here, here's the thing, right? So we have a, a predominantly minority school here in our tri-state area. Right, mm-hmm. people like us, like 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 you know, the, 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 I guess I'll say the bourgeoisie black people, people like us, we should be sending our kids there, right? But we, but, but a lot of us choose not to, right? Because like, oh, well, I don't want to, I don't want to seem like you know, we we don't like the white school. What, but but the, the, the Lawrence's point, why? Not? What's wrong with that? What, what's wrong well, with supporting what I've, ourselves? What I've done is I've sent my kids to schools that they need to go to, right? So like my oldest son, he goes to Bossy. Bossy is for years has been said to be a predominantly black school, inner city school. And he loves it. He's thriving there. My uh, youngest son, he goes to new tech because he's more of the tech guy. Like he likes technology. Mm-hmm. And so he's flourishing there, loves it. And uh, so I send them where they need to go. And if uh, 
where they need to go or can go it happens to be black yeah that's my preference because i know culturally he's going to fit in there or, or my daughters will fit in there mm-hmm. and so you know it's a preference and i i want them to be successful like anybody else wants their kids so, to so be do, successful. so do your kids prefer to, to be around people that look like they have to be taught by people who look like them i don't know that they prefer to be taught by people to look like them but I, I can definitely tell you that they like they do like being around people to look like them like to say that being taught like it's rare like yeah you can't i can't think of maybe one black teacher that i had yeah maybe well two yeah. And so to say, oh, you know, I like being taught by black teachers more than white teachers. Like, I really can't yeah, make that mean. accurate no, I, comparison because yeah. my experience has been that neither has my kids. Mm. No. And, and to agree to something you said earlier, Josh, about, you know, not only do we have that perceived danger, but the, you know, outside cultures have that perceived danger of mm-hmm. us as well. That That's absolutely true, because, you know, if you ask any, you know, white woman, you know, how many times. Cause it, it's crazy. This still happens. I I, I have walked down that purse clutch. Yeah, I've walked by white women and they still yeah. clutching their purse. You know, and I'm so, in a suit and everything. And they and so I'm scary looking. Lord, I'm scary. I'm scary. Yeah, clutching your purse. Okay. I'm like man, I you got know, a suit I, on. I want to know realistically how many white women's purses have been stolen by a black male. I want to know realistically how many white women have been raped by black. But I, you know, this is boogeyman, right? Mm-hmm. It's like we in the car, the boogeyman. Here he comes. You know what I mean? I want to know how many white males have been done wrong on a business deal by a black male, right? We we where's this big bo- boogeyman at? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and you know that perceived danger is holding us back because you know that does affect them you know and how they deal with this right and we compensate a lot in areas to make people feel comfortable even when it's do we send our child to this black school or this white school we compensate because it makes other people feel comfortable so like i act extra nice so i'm not the mean black guy i smile so that or they're a good he's a good one they're a good family like what 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 does that mean or you you have to to raise your voice a couple octaves because your deep (laughs) voice scares people you know it's just it's it's like it's perceived boogeyman you're right laura's like where is the evidence where where is the data that that shows that any of this in any way shape or form is true i guess that's what i'm saying so are so i don't think that it's wrong for us to start pushing back on that black no i choose to do business with a minority business no i i choose to go to school to a minority school i, I choose to support that i don't think there's anything wrong and that doesn't make you racist it doesn't make you racist because here's the thing that white people say you right? have a preference and i guess here's the problem too right some white people say oh well if i were to do that and i would if i were to say i only want to support a white business then i'd be deemed you as racist and I, and I would say right <laughs> one you do but also two in this country, black folk don't have a history of discriminating against white people. Right, but black people don't have a history of putting signs on their doors saying "No whites allowed." That's just that's just not. But no. you ain't got to go back that far, right? You can say here, right? You you talk about you know the the neighborhood, the district uh, of Scott School, right? I, I hear people all the time. Oh, I want to move to get my kids over to Scott School. They're over at Dexter. It just it, it just was getting too rough for. Them. What does that mean? Yeah. What does that mean? Because I, I've been in Dexter. I've, I've re- I went in and didn't read in Dexter. Those mm-hmm. kids are the same as those kids that go out to Scott mm-hmm. School. Yeah. Well, well, so, so Loris, let, let, let's break it here. And, and I think we have to talk about both sides of that coin. Um, there are some times in inner city schools where the children do come to school because they come from a rougher 
home environment. Maybe there's only one parent in the home. Maybe the, the father was taken out. Maybe there might be some financial issues. There might be some, some, some hunger and nutrition issues. And a lot of times the kids can't focus enough. And I think that, that there is something to be said about that because a lot of teachers don't want to go there to is those something schools to be said about that. because, because they, they, they feel because they, they can't but, relate to but, those well, hold kids. Hold on, hold on. There is something to be said about that. And what's to be said about that, it's the same thing out there. It's the same thing. Like it's like I I don't know why people act like because you live in a certain area that there's not a pocket of people in that area that don't face those same things. True, right? True, true. You know what I mean? It's they they but the same type the, of kids come to those schools, right? At, at the heart of it, it's do you have educators or staff that can relate to those kids to to be able to spot it? And say okay, you know they're acting out this way. Maybe these are some issues. How can I make this connection? To get them on track so that they can learn. Yeah, but if a kid's coming to school hungry, he's not going to learn. But you got to give them food. But also, the basis of it is is that that non hungry kid coming to school and their parent and that majority population of kids that still are coming to school fed, you know, in those inner city schools, still don't have as much income and power as some of these schools and districts in which the nine kid fed, the nine or the kid feds, you know, the one who get fed, uh, those parents and that majority group. They make, you know, a certain level of income and right. So there is a difference there in which keeps the school afloat. The school corporation should be the great equalizer. Like when you know that there's uh, those disproportions, right, where you can look across town and say, okay, that school has everything that they need. And then this school doesn't. Why? Because their parents pour more into these schools. You should figure out a way to make those things equitable, make them equal so that like – this this is what I observed over the football season, right? My son was playing football for Bossy. Every other school that was an affluent school that was said to have, and I'm air quote, money, they had these big elaborate tunnels that they were run out of with their mascots. Bossy was running through a banner. Mm. They were running, literally running through like a Velcroed banner. And I'm like, okay, so why is it that they don't have the same mascots, tunnels, and, you know, something trivial, but something as small as that. It's visible that there's a difference. And then, like, what fields get upgraded first? You know, which field we're going to, we're going to redo. But, like, it, it's all. But, but, but I think we have to talk about the math equation there, too, though, Lawrence, right? So, I mean, I mean, the math equation is the school corporation is funded by tax revenue. The tax revenue that is funded by the property taxes, the property taxes are higher when it comes to higher value homes. So, so the schools that have the higher value homes and the, the higher income earners oftentimes get the lion's share of that funding because mm-hmm. that's, that's where the funding is generated. So, so, so I, I think we have to talk about Once that. Once it goes bit, to the school corporation, though, it's their money. I don't disagree with what both of you all are saying, and I completely agree that, you know, schools and higher income property value neighborhoods. If you don't like what they're doing with the money, what are you going to do? Stop paying property taxes? <laughs> I know. I agree. They have more, though, right? That's, yeah, that's evident. They have they more. Have more. Yeah. But that, that, and they probably even give more on top of that, you know, with yeah, fund drivers and all do. those things. Right. So I'm not mad that they do that. I don't care that they do that. In fact, I cheer it on. Good for you. Do it for your school. Do it for the love of your kids. I applaud yeah. you. My problem is we don't do it for ourselves, right? right. And I understand I we can't we can't disperse, you know, around, you know, some of the lower income schools, you know, you know, here in the area cuz there, there's more than one, but yet and still there's still a school that we have and we don't put resources in it like Well, I said I was going to buy a tunnel for for the football team, if you, if, if we can get you want to buy a tunnel for the football team. Let's buy a <laughs> yeah. tunnel for the football team. Yeah, Three thousand dollars. Hey, we need a tunnel for the football team. <laughs> yeah, right. I got, I got some on it. I got some. I got some on the tunnel, and I know who to call. Okay, 
I, I hey, we need two thousand dollars for the the final take. I, see, see, but but that, that's my point though. There, there shouldn't be anything wrong with us wanting to sponsor and contribute to school systems, organizations, businesses that benefit our own, right? I, I, I guess that's the thing. And to Lawrence's point, it shouldn't just be a couple of us. I mean, that, that's a great place for it to start. But as a community as a whole, if, if Bossy needs a tunnel, a, our community needs to come around and be like, all right, we're going to help that. And black and white people and, and Asians and everybody else all together, It right? should be. that. That's the world that we should live in, right? But it's not what we live in. But Otherwise, even, they have a tunnel. Even still, they have a, a a bridge over a, a cross path too over over US forty one. But but also that's something that not only does the black community that goes to Bossy come together with, but also the other individuals the, of the community of Bossy, not the entire yeah. community in general. But you know, if it's we need a tunnel for the football team, if it's a predominantly black school, then we should have some predominantly black people in the in the, in the, in the uh, area be able to correct. You know, if we need a if we need an overpass, we need some predominantly black people. Yeah, to that's like, the word I could think of. Overpass. Yeah. We need an overpass. And I was down there the other day, and I'm thinking to myself, we can't get nothing over here for these kids. Man, there's been two big pushes for overpasses, and stuff, and I wholeheartedly believe that it hasn't happened because of the demographic of the school. But 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 that also comes to the point though about us pulling our power together. If we were to pull our power together it, it, for political, you say, "Look, what we not we not voting, we not going to vote for anybody who's not for this." Right? I mean, I, I, I hate to do this, but a lot of people find him controversial, Doctor Umar Johnson, and a lot of things he says Uh-oh. is controversial. <laughs> but some of the things that he does say though is are spot on. If, yeah. if, if we were to pull our resources together and have a consortium and say, "This is what we want. We're going to put our money towards this." And and we're going to accomplish this together, and we're not going to go for anything else that's not that, right? If we were to do that, then I think there would be a lot more momentum. But what, what, what do we do? Instead of us saying, hey, we want this for Bossy, we're going to say, oh, I'll just send my kid over to that school over there that already has all that stuff. You, you see what I'm saying? And then it makes or they it get hard. recruited. But also I think we get something that we won't even expect that we get, and that's respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and I don't even think that people even know that they would develop this respect for us. And, you know, what you might find out is things that have, we have done over the centuries. If you study history in which we became the epicenters of learning mm-hmm. and business yeah. and but things of that. That nature. sort of thing is not taught. Right. You know, so I, I, I think, you know, you the, by, by stifling anybody, right, in any situation, in any part of the world, all you're doing is just hindering Yourself. your own self. Yep. That's it. All you're doing is just hindering your own self. And, you know, the fact of the the matter should be that if we were able to come together as a consortium, as you're talking about, then that would give us a level of power and a level of influence in which we would be able to feel comfortable doing the things that we're talking about today, feeling comfortable saying, you know what, I'm going to send my kid here. You know, but not only would that happen, I think the the funny thing might happen is other people say, I need to send my kid there. Right. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I think, you know, a lot of the things that, you know, people are afraid of when we're talking about gaining power and gaining respect is that we're coming down the street, you know, and, and we're trying to take guns out of people's houses or we trying to steal or we trying to get it. back land or anything. No, no. What we are trying to do is we are trying to give our people some medicine. We are trying to heal up. And we are trying to move forward in dignity and respect for generations to come. Yeah, yeah I, I, I agree with you, man. I, I completely agree with you, man. I, and I think that's a conversation that needs to be had 
more often, and we shouldn't be afraid to have it. I, I, I just feel like whenever we talk about us getting together, people get scared. And they're kind of like, oh, well, don't talk about that in these circles. Or don't talk about that, you know, over here because people yeah. get afraid. I guess my, my question is, and why do we, why, why, in any shape or form, why should that be hostile to anyone? Uh, it's kind of like that, that, that shouldn't be hostile should to anybody. It, because it's always this, uh, it's always this, this thought that, okay, maybe if they, they're going to get together and retaliate. Like that's that's the fear. That that is the fear. I I heard a guy say it on uh, on Instagram. It was he was a white guy. He said, you know, most white people, you know, have that worry in the back of their minds. And maybe one day they may retaliate. And you know, and that's not the black agenda. You know, I I can say that that from you know our black meetings. You know, that's a joke. That's, a joke. <laughs> no, that's not that's not the black agenda. But you know, the conversations do need to be had because you know something as simple as your son having a preference of who teaches him so that he's comfortable learning. You know, uh, it shouldn't even be a question of whether you send him there uh, or not. You should be able to say, okay, this is where he feels good. He's going to learn here. He's going to be able to excel here. He's going here. Yeah, and even drop some more drip controversy to this to this podcast. You know, I, I think, you know, minus, you know, some of the, the jokes that, um, you know, Dave did on his uh, special <laughs> I'm not going to get into the jokes, but I, I think the point, you know, he was trying to make was that, you know, black Americans have been here since the beginning and even before that. And, you know, we have had the hardest time with allowing or, or, or we have had the hardest time with people allowing us to be around ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, if somebody from any different community, a subset of the American population wants to support each other, women, um, we, I, I'm not going to. We can go down a list. You guys yeah. know what I'm talking about, right? Any, if anybody wants to join and be together and say, "I want to be here. I want to be in this space. I think my people should be in this space," you know, that are like me, they get applauded. Mm-hmm. But yeah. when we do it, is what are we up to? Yeah. What are they up to? Well, and also too, I think that it needs to be said that this is not meant um, in any conversation context to alienate white folk by any means, right? No way, like, right. It, it, it's not meant to say, oh, like, you know, we're, we're trying to be segregationist or mm-hmm. we're trying to be separatist or any of that stuff. And I think a lot of times that's the connotation that it gets is that if it's pro-black, it's anti-white. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's not that that's not the context right and, and i think that that's what needs to be pushed is you know i think dave Chappelle said it best for this situation too we just want you to recognize that we're having an experience yeah <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah that's it and, and, that, and that doesn't mean making you feel bad to be white that's not that's not always we're just saying we, we just want to take some 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 initiative towards issues in our community i mean and Absolutely. we didn't go into the whole crt situation that, that, that that's going on with him like you know we don't want your critical race theory to be taught in our school we should do a conversation makes, on because that. it makes us feel bad to be white no 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 it's just explaining the reality that our kids live in every day if a kid want to know why there's redlining laws well you gotta tell them if kids want to know why there's affirmative action well you gotta tell them right so so it, it's one of those things where it's like it's not anti it's not anti-white it's not anti-anything it, it, it's just saying hey there are things in our community that still haven't been resolved that we need to resolve and the only way that they're going to get fixed is if we fix them right so that's yeah. why we got to come together and talk about it and work it out i think that's a, i think that's a good place i think that's a good place to stop any final thoughts lt nah don't be afraid <laughs> don't be afraid don't be afraid, cousins. Don't be afraid guys I, I you know I, I like like everyone knows I, I'm in an interracial relationship I have a beautiful white wife and, and I'm not leaving her for nothing and um, 
I have beautiful kids and whatnot, and, and there's many other white people that I love in my life. Yeah. Um, I have no problem with white people. Um, like Jared said, this is something that I see as as, as something that I want to give back to my people who look like me and, and to help them flourish. And I, I hope white people continue to flourish. I, I don't. I can care less if you. You know what I mean. I. I. I I'm not worried about you know that anymore, or, or trying to think about you know. Uh, I want this to happen or, or payback and all that revenge. That that's you can't live life like that. You know that yeah. that's. You know, um, white brothers, I love you. White sisters, I love. We love everybody, right? Yeah. I mean, like you know, all, all all walks of life, all that good stuff. We love. I mean, and if you look at our lives personally, mm-hmm. our, our I think our networks will show you that 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 we love everybody, right? Sure. Yep. These conversations, like I said, aren't meant to be incendiary, but these, educational. Yeah, they, they're they supposed to be, to be had. Yeah, yeah, they need to be had. They're supposed to be educational. So, like I said, we just appreciate the support, and you know, as we try to get better, right, yeah. at this experience that we're having. And if you have any questions or you want to comment on something that we said today, you know, drop it on uh, Anchor. You know, we'll be happy to uh, to to talk through it, you know, to have that conversation or maybe even have you on a podcast. There you go. And so, uh, you know, this has been a great episode of King's Chat. And let me just remind you guys of our sponsor, Urban Oaks. Thank you so much. For everything that you do for the podcast. That's good wood. <laughs> and uh, so you know how to contact them. And then, uh, you know, if you're still listening, subscribe, follow, hit that like button, share. And until then, this has been King's, King's Chat. Chat.